Six yard try, and it's a fake. The fake, and they're not going to get there. They're not going to advance it. This is down at the 27 yard line. Devin White with the hit on the punter, Brett Kern, who threw an 11 yard pass on a fake punt last week. Today tries to run it. Not the same result. Takes a knee. He told us it's his team now. And his team is 2 0. Once again, the final score in this one 27 23. And we welcome you into a Monday edition of Morning Drive here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Kevin Kugler, Matt Millen, the call yesterday on Fox as the Titans defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-23. to And your Tennessee Titans now 4-4 four and four at the halfway point of the 2019 NFL season. Boys, happy Monday. What up, what up, what up? It's a good Monday. I'm going to rephrase this or reframe it or... Call it, recall it, or I don't know, whatever you want to call those, it. Those are all things you can do. Yeah. Tamarham Monday. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Tamarham. I can't say Tamarham Tuesday because typically we're just out of it and then we're getting into Well, LeBron else. copyrighted that with Taco exactly. Tuesday. Damn it. No, he couldn't. They Ta- didn't let Tam- him copyright it. Tamarham no? Tuesday uh, is pretty good, actually. I like Tamarham. Tamarham Monday. Uh, it's that a, sounds good. It's a Tamarham Monday. It's a, hey, uh, Nashville sports fan, you actually had a pretty good weekend this weekend. Nothing went wrong. Monday. Like, literally, Vanderbilt didn't play, so they didn't lose. The Tennessee Vols get a W. The Nashville SC has its first playoff win in franchise history. The Preds get an overtime win. And the Titans don't screw it up, even though they tried. Even though they tried, they didn't screw it up. They got a W. And like you said, Nick, 4-4 and at the halfway mark is all that matters. Results are the most important thing. In this NFL world, Tamarhan Monday. I legitimately laughed out loud when you tweeted that Saturday night about and you and you you copied all their Twitter handles in there. Oh yeah, yeah so yeah. you went right at everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job at Vols football. Good job at this team at that team, and then you copied at Titans on Twitter. Don't screw do it not up. screw up my Sunday. <laughs> Don't screw it up. That is well done. And listen, they tried. They tried really hard. They they went out there and they tried to give the game to Jameis. But guess what? Jameis is better at giving football games away than the Titans are. Who would have figured? Jameis Winston was was the one thing Jameis Winston was better at yesterday than the Titans giving the football game away. The Titans tried. Jameis Winston tried harder. Do, do we give? Obviously, you get you get credit all the credit in the world for a win, and that's all uh-huh. that matters in this league. But do we look at this as a game from us? And there's plenty to get to. Um, do we look at this as a game where a year ago, or even maybe a couple of weeks ago, they would have found a way to lose? No, I think they they've been playing consistently. The same way all season, inconsistent. So I'm not going to say, well, you know, this is a game they would have found a way to lose early in the season. Hell, we're only only eight games in. Um, I just think they're just inconsistent, man. It's whether it be, you know, the play on the field, the coaching, everything is just, you know, inconsistent. Um, The way that game went, that that game shouldn't have been as as close as it was. The defense – probably played the worst they played all season um no the question. offense yeah. 
you know, the, the, the offense, they didn't do anything bad, but they didn't do anything great either. They didn't either. do they just anything. Played. They, they never had the played. ball. Yeah, they, they never, never really had the ball, but they didn't do anything. They, they had just, one huge drive they, when it mattered the most. They just, yeah. they played. And, you know. <laughs> they were on the field. For some reason, you know, and, and, and I know a lot of people, you know, got on um, Arthur Smith. Why is he running the ball? Why is he running the ball? Well, uh, listen. This team's going to run the ball. This is what I. This is what I love about Arthur Smith. For those that don't know football, okay, and you scream about Arthur Smith, run. Why is he run? No, you don't understand. He's doing it for a purpose, okay. So going backwards is he's doing that on purpose. No, no, no. It's not about <laughs> going back. That happened six times yesterday. But is, is that his fault? Here, here's the thing. It's the offensive line's fault. But people, they're so quick when the player's calling it works. Oh, great call. <laughs> but then when the player's calling it doesn't work. Why in the hell did he call? He. It's the same play he called. You know, in the first quarter, that worked. Do you know that's not me? You know, I'm just, no, no, I'm, no, just, no, I'm just saying. Around, right? But I listen to people, and they're like, "Well, why did?" I'm like, "Well, if he, w- it's not his fault. The offensive line got right. pushed in the backfield. They, they, they lead the NFL in negative plays. Derrick Henry had six carries yesterday of of negative yards. That leads the NFL. Maybe try a different call, but I'm I'm, I'm kidding around because I don't really like I don't really like coming in here on Mondays and saying play calling or officiating. You guys know me. Play calling and officiating are the two things I just don't think fans really have a great grasp of to be able to use like if you have a bad call like if you're a Bucks fan and, and we're going to get to this obviously because the variable decision to go for it on, on the fake punt or the fake field goal is going to be a huge discussion today and, and it should be but but I don't think that Bucks fans have a right to look at that officiating call as, as the reason that they lost the game look at your quarterback turning the ball over four times that that's why you lost the game and that way so, you know what that's not even his fault but but just like the inner like you know the refs ruled it. Maybe it could have been. Maybe they could have let the play go. Maybe it not. It, it, it probably was a fumble. I've watched it sixteen times, and I can't really tell one way or the other, which means it's not going to get overturned. No, that was definitively a fumble. They were not going to overturn it though. They because were not they had already blew the whistle. Right. And then it was the right. Bucks ball anyway. So my my point is is that you know tricky calls can like I don't like blaming officials for for one bad call. You have you have a hundred as Vrabel said in the press conference. You have one hundred and seventy snaps. You can win or lose a football game. Jameis Winston lost the game for the Bucks because he he turned the ball over four times. That that's my takeaway. And and listen, the the Titans had had a good drive. <laughs> they play, they mm-hmm. had one good drive on the day, and it came at the most important time of the seat of the game, and that's what matters. And it, it's just a it, you know you asked about like if they would have lost that game, Nick. I, I it reminded me of Titans football is what it yeah, reminded me of. It was totally not, Titans. Not a good football game. You didn't really play well in any facet. Your defense played the worst game of the season. Your offense was atrocious for the entirety of the football game. They delivered in the red zone early when they got two really short fields, and then they had the one good drive. It reminded me of a Mariota game, guys, mm-hmm. where your team doesn't play particularly well, but he makes it. Uh, he has one good drive at the end of the game, and he wins the game, and all of a sudden we're talking about how the offense saved the day on one possession. It just, it just reminded me of... Titans. Yeah, no they, doubt about it. Just, that's what they do. They, you know, Jameis Winston is a turnover machine. He had tw- uh, 10 interceptions on the season going into the mm-hmm. game through two yesterday, a total of four turnovers. Uh, you give the Titans a ton of credit. They got the win. They capitalized off of mistakes. Tannehill had a drive when he needed to have a drive. But there was a point in that game where the time of possession was 22 minutes to 11 in favor of Tampa Bay and plays ran offensively. It was 49 to 24. Tampa Bay. 
and you looked at the scoreboard, and somehow the Titans were winning the game. Yeah, because they had two two short fields. Um, they get it. The Thanks, ball, James. The ball? Yeah. No, it wasn't his fault. If you watched, if you really paying attention to the game, the fumble wasn't his fault. What are you, was, Bruce Arians, this morning? It, it, no, I'm. Did you hear Bruce I, yesterday? No, I didn't even. He said not one, not one that, turnover was Jameis's fault. I, not one interception. It, it, no, it, it, none of. If you, because I'm sitting there and I'm talking with with with. with you know, I'm talking with another guy that 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 knows that that understands at least the defensive side of the ball, and I'm watching it. The fumble wasn't his fault. I mean, they hiked it too soon, hit his face mask. What are you supposed to do in that in that situation? The other fumble, he, he gets he, 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 he the bike was the, the the ball was hiked too early. Okay, but okay. If we want to have a jump on Jameis, let's call it how it is. Leading the NFL um, in turnovers. But let's in this game years. in particular, we don't. But we don't watch his game, so we always say, "Well, Jameis." Even before this game, I'm saying Jameis is a turnover machine. But then I watch this game and I look at he he got hit from the blind side. Great play by the uh, Titans defense. He fumbles the ball. Her- Harold Landry. It, it, yep. it hikes the ball too early. He fumbles the ball. Both the the in, first interception he threw it was tipped at the line of scrimmage. Didn't nobody see that. The second one, the, if the guy runs a seam route and crosses the safety face like he's supposed to, that's stuff that people don't see. They just see. Why do you think Jameis was so upset? At the last pass, because the guy they're playing cover two. If if if, if you got cover two in the seam route, pay attention, people. This is a this is a lesson right here. This is a football lesson. This, this is, is a section. This is a, a receiver. This is a receiver teaching lesson. Okay, if you have cover two and you run in a seam route, you are supposed to cross the safety's face. In okay, front of him, yeah. you're supposed to cross his face because there's a big hole in the middle <laughs> of the defense. Well, Goodwin slowed up for one. And didn't cross the, the safety's face for two. If he crosses the safety's face, at least it's a knockdown, and it's not an interception. So again, those are four four turnovers that had nothing to do with Jameis Winston, other than him being quarterback and him reading the defense. He read the defense right. The receiver read it wrong, and it, it and it's an interception. That's what I've always said this. Offense is different than defense. If eleven people, if ten people run the right right play on offense and one do the wrong job, sack or interception. Well, on defense, if 10 people do the thing right and one do it wrong, it might be a sack. And everybody's praising the guy that got the sack, and then the coach put him to the side. Hey, you know that was the wrong play, right? But we got the I, sack, I, so ain't nobody going to say nothing. But you might the, be right Titans about all did, the Titans did exactly what they were supposed to do when they needed to do it. They capitalized on turnovers by by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they, yep. and, and, and they stopped them when they needed to stop them. But defensively, this is probably the worst they played all season. I don't think there's a probably about it. Uh, Tampa went up and down the field the first like eight possessions. T- Tennessee had nothing for them. Uh, now the only way the, the drives were stopped were turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know this: you're 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 not wrong about all those things you're saying about the turnovers. When you are the most turnover-prone quarterback in the NFL over the last five years, when you've turned over the ball over ten times in the last two games, ten times in the last two games. If that had been Tannehill or Mariota, we'd be crushing him today. I mean, we, we might excuse away one throw here or one sack there or the strip sack there. The bottom line is turnovers follow this guy everywhere he goes. So we, we can say that it was somebody else's fault, and I'm not even going to disagree with that. But you get the ball inside the 10-yard line, you've got to capitalize. The Titans capitalized. The defense was not – again, if you, watch the, if you look at the drive chart, I think the, Titan, or the, uh, the Bucks punted one time in like their first eight possessions. They didn't get stops at all. They got a couple turnovers, but they didn't get any stops. They, they were going up and down. Field goals, field goals, field goal, field goal, touchdown. Mike Evans, what, you know, LaShawn Sims on Mike Evans. Nice decision, Dean Pease. And then at the end, the final five possessions, the defense stopped them. 
They, they, it went punt, 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 turnover, turnover. That's how the defense played in the fourth quarter. They played their best football in the fourth quarter. They got huge stops when it mattered. And if you're if it's fourth and two or less, and you're an offense, don't go for it against this team. No, this defense just, is too just good. Don't go for it. They, they've stopped everybody. Every situation on fourth and short this season where you need a stop, this defense has done the job. Atlanta Falcons game, a couple of different fourth and ones. It doesn't matter. Or at least don't try to run in the middle of the defense. Yes, like, <laughs> this team will stop you on fourth and short, like period. Like maybe go deep. Like <laughs> take, take a shot or something because this defense will stop you on fourth and one. That's something I learned yesterday. All right, Titans fans, let's hear from you. 615-737-1025, the number 737-1025. Titans get a 27-23 win over the Bucks. They improved to 4 and 4. We'll take your calls, your reaction your biggest takeaway all morning long. Uh, Corey Curtis will join us at 7 o'clock from News 2. Taylor Zarzer from the SEC Network will join us. He did the Vol South Carolina game on the SEC Network on Saturday. Darren McFarland at 9 o'clock to talk some Preds. They got a big win as we complete the weekend sweep of the city of Tampa Bay. Uh, but let's get to a handful of things when we come back in addition to your calls. Mike Vrabel's coaching decision on that fake Ryan Tannehill's performance, Dean Pease's decision to put LaShawn Sims on Mike Evans and let Mike Evans basically waltz into Canton, Ohio yesterday. We'll do all of that. I know it's a win, but boy, there's a lot of stuff that would have led to a loss yesterday that we need to kick around. 737-1025, back after this morning drive. Well, we want to go win the football game. We want to go right there and, and understand that uh, you know we, we practice and we study and we, we get, get looks and we feel very confident on the look that we're going to get. And again, just, you know, they made a play. We didn't just like we made a play at the end of the game when it was fourth and one. 618, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5. The game, good to have you in. There was Mike Vrabel trying to give his rationale for that blunder yesterday. Boys, I'm telling you, my blood started to boil. Like, I felt my (laughs) body temperature just escalate. Now, I don't go to these practices. I don't sit through all these things like these do, these guys do. And they, you know, well, this look showed us this and we decided to go with that. And, you know, they execute it. They're brilliant. If they don't get it, they're total morons. But I just don't understand the thought process yesterday. You're up 27 23. Your kicker has already made two field goals. He's two for two. And I get it. Cody Parkey stinks. But on this day, he's been good. The guy hit a 51 yarder. Your running back already has multiple runs on the day where he's gashed Tampa Bay's defense. He's got 75 yards on the day. Had, also a lot of negative plays, though. But he's also so. had a couple of big plays. So what do you do Like on fourth and one? Do you run Derrick Henry up the middle? Do you run him off tackle? You know the Bucks are going to sell out on defense, right? Mm-hmm. You can go play action, bootleg Tannehill out the back, a little dump off the Ferkser. He decides to run Brett Kern. And almost get him decapitated. <laughs> I mean, and you if, leave your defense out to dry again. Yeah, under you know, how's he doing? They, they they are they all have their charts, and they they look for the what percentage, um, at what percent will this play likely get us a first down right. on this particular play? So I'm pretty. He has his chart, and he's going to. And a lot of a lot of coaches, you know, swear by the chart. Um. But that's one time you look at the chart and you say, you know what, damn the chart. We're kicking this field goal. Uh, and we're going to – because at worst, the game's going in overtime. Because I, I think even if Tampa scores, they're not going for two. They're going to kick the field goal going to overtime, figuring they got momentum. So you kick the field goal. You put your defense in a good position, okay? You don't put them in a position where they feel they have to, you know, stop Tampa's offense. Um, because if they don't, they're going to lose the game. 
I just and then you put again, you put your your punter who's probably been your MVP the whole year, up until this point. You put him in a situation where now he might get hurt. Um and that was a fumble, so you you dodged the bullet. You dodged a huge bullet. As soon as the kicker got hurt, as soon as the kicker got hit, the ref blew the whistle before he even hit the ground. As soon as the kicker yeah. got hit, the ref blew the whistle, which is, I've never saw that before, that you blow a whistle as soon as a guy gets hit and he's still in the air. I've never seen that before. So, Vrabel, you dodged a bullet. And, yes, you can then say in the press conference that, yeah, we went for, you know, just like the, you know, fourth and one last week, we stopped him. You can say that now because that play didn't come back and bite you and cost you a loss. But then if that is if that play's going the other way, then what do you say to your players? Because even in that play, you saw some of the players, I don't know if they were mad at the ref or they were mad at the call cuz you saw a couple of players going to the sideline and they were yapping about something. So, you just can't I I don't I don't under, I don't understand it. Again, he knows his team better than I, and then we can ever know it. But in that situation, why would you put your defense in that position? I don't get it. So what it, what it amounted to was a missed field goal. Um, that's what it amounted to. So I, I, listen, I want to be very clear. I don't agree with the call. Um, I want to make sure everyone hears that because I, I I'll be the only one who just is not going to overreact to this. Uh, I, I don't think it was a good call. I don't think it was a smart decision. I, has everybody heard that now? Can, has everybody got me on this? I don't like the call. I don't think it was a smart decision. Um, my, my issue is the time of the game. My issue is that there's three minutes and 45 seconds left to go. If, if there's a minute and a half and Tampa has no timeouts, line up and go for it, and then you can just take a knee and win the game. So if, it, if, it, if the play was to win the game – then I'm cool with going for it or maybe even trying a fake if you want to. If you could win the game, right? Like if that play ends the game, I, I understand maybe more of the thinking. But you had three minutes and 45 seconds to go, which means Tampa's got timeouts and a two-minute warning, mm-hmm. which means you're still going to have to pick up at least one more first down, if not another first down, to end the game. And, and maybe all it gives you is a better field goal attempt, which you're going to have to make anyway. So I, I don't... That that's the strategy part of it that that confuses me a little bit is that because if you look at how the play develops, it's actually a pretty well designed play and pretty well blocked. Like Taylor Lewan is out leading, picks up his man. The other guys pick up their guys. The one guy who's left unblocked is the number five overall pick, superstar linebacker Devin White, who happens to come down the line of scrimmage and crush your your punter. That that was terrible. <laughs> there's no around. There's no way around that. Um, and and again, the fumble is just sort of a lucky thing that happens. It happens in football where a ref misses a call and, and bang, bang, and all of a sudden the whistle blows, and you know, un- unlucky for Tampa. But I, I, what I don't understand is the time of the game left. You, you cannot win the game on that play. You can, you can give yourself a chance to win the game on the next possession, but you can't win the game in that moment. And for me, what happens is, is I'm stepping back from that one individual play because I'm not going to be super outraged at the call like everyone else is. It's just, it, it was a questionable call. He made the wrong one. If it works, he's a genius. If it doesn't, he's not. My biggest issue is why are we facing this every single week? Why, why is every single game we are faced with the decision or as, as fans are watching this team play and they have, to, they have to look at the sidelines and go, what the hell is our guy going to do this time? That that's the that's the problem I have here. Well, that's why that's why I was so outraged it's, yesterday. I mean, I had to go on Periscope and vent for two and a half minutes because I couldn't <laughs> wait till six o'clock. Yeah, it's not that. so much yesterday. Nice artwork in the living room, by it, the way. Thank you. It, it's <laughs> it's the pattern of coaching decisions that we're seeing from this guy this year. 
You go back to the Colts game, and we've documented there's been three or four moments this year where this guy literally turns his brain off. And, and that's where I'm, that's, and, and this is going to sound strange, that's why I'm not as outraged about this, because it's not even the worst one of these. Like the, the one against the Falcons where, you're da- where you could go up 17, up three scores, that's the worst one of them all. The idea that you're going for it on fourth and six on the first drive of the third quarter against Jacksonville, when you should kick a field goal to make it a, 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 a 10-point game. Like, that one's worse than this. So, like, that's the problem, again, right? Is, like, this is a bad one, and you could question it, and we should. And you guys have done a great job of saying this doesn't make any sense. But it's not even, the, it's not even like, top two or three weirdest decisions he's made at the end of a game. And that's my concern, is every single game, Titans fans know this moment is coming now. And you've got to deal with, like, something. Mm-hmm. Some situation where you're going to go, do we trust our guy to make the right decision? And right now, I don't know how if you're a Titans fan – you trust the guy. Now, it worked out. It, it did. They didn't lose the game. Same thing with the Falcons play, right? It worked out. They didn't lose the game. But why is it that this is happening? In, in the year two of a head coach who's been around the game of football his entire life, I know his MO is to go for it and be aggressive, and I, and I don't have a problem with that. But then line up and go for it. Like, again, I, it's that this is happening every single week is the problem for me. Not, not necessarily the one singular individual call that we, we can question and it's bad and the, the, the punter should, you know, shouldn't be involved in that. And th- those are all fair questions. M- my bigger takeaway is w- why is this happening every single stinking week? And fans now have to prepare for it. I mean, I'm at a point now where like, I, I'm so conflicted on Mike Vrabel because I love the aggressiveness, but I hate the lack of responsibility with some of these calls to the point where – I think, and look, you give Rabel credit. He's two games over 500 in his career. He's 13 and 11 in a year and a half, and he's done so with a ton of injuries, a lack of a franchise quarterback for the most part. But you look at it, I'm at a point now where I think Mike Rabel's a liability. Well, I really am. I mean, that's a, that's a hard, that's a hard word to. He's got a winning record, but I mean, some of these decisions, they're just like the fumbles, the law of averages balances out and you give them away. These decisions are eventually going to cost you games. Yeah, and that's what he's, luckily. I mean, it probably cost him the Colts and Jags games, right? uh, uh, Yeah, but they were down in the Jags game. So even if he kicks the field goal, are they playing good enough offense that they're going to come back and score? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, It's just these situations he's. He's in, and then he ultimately makes what what many perceive to be a a bad decision. Um, it's it's like after a year and eight games, he's still learning on the fly, and I think that's the first year. I think the first year is where because it's not like Vrabel just got into the coaching world and they just named him you know head coach after he, coming off the football field as a player. He's been around the game he's, forever. Yes, he's coached on different levels. And he's been around some really good coaches. And it just seemed like, okay, the first year, you know, you're learning. I get it. You're learning, you know, learning on the run. You're trying to figure this thing out as a head coach. But then the second year, I could see having one of these, but you've had like three or four of them, I believe. And it's like, are you still learning on the fly? You can be. And if that's the case, then okay. But if you continue to learn on the fly the rest of the season, it might cost you games. You know, you might make a decision that is not the best decision at that particular time. Did this feel like the Colts game? To me, and tell me if you guys agree with this or not. Maybe I'm crazy. It felt like I was watching the Colts game in repeat, except for two things were different. This time, the Titans had a kicker that made the kicks. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Cairo Santos missed him. 
And had he made those kicks, they would have won that game because, again, even on the Mariota sack back to the 45-yard line, which is literally – I was sitting there falling off my couch. L- literally, Ryan Tannehill takes a sack to make it a 51-yard field goal instead of a 46-yard field goal, and then Parkey actually hits it. If that was Mariota, we would be destroying him if he misses oh, that yeah, field goal. No doubt. So same thing with the John U. Smith touchdown pass early. It was way behind him. And if that was Mariota and John U. Smith drops it, we crush the quarterback. But instead, it's a great throw. I, I just think that it, it, this was the Colts game with a field goal kicker who can make kicks and a quarterback for the opposition who turned the ball over too much, whether it was his fault or not. Jacoby Brissett didn't turn the ball over and Cairo Santos didn't make kicks. That's the only difference between this game and the Colts game. Uh, otherwise... They played largely the same game. It felt like total stagnation for most of the game on 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 on, on offense. The defense wasn't getting too many stops, and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter they made a couple plays. So maybe you know, maybe that's where it differs from the Colts game. But it just I don't I don't know what you ask. Like like you said, you don't want Vrabel to change his DNA. You don't want Vrabel to change who he is as an aggressive guy because I I that's won him games in the past, and it made him a great player. I don't know. What do you teach him here? Like, hey, dude, like, let's let's line up all six of these plays in the last five games and say, like, what were you thinking on each of these, mm-hmm. and and why is it that you did? What is it that you're learning? Because he did admit after the Atlanta game, hey, that was the wrong call. I made the wrong call. He didn't do that yesterday. He said, oh well, players make plays, and you know we we got the right look and we liked the look we had, and so we took the chance at it. Devin White just made the play, just like our guys just made the play on fourth down when we needed to, and they, you know, I don't know what you tell a coach who who sees it that way. Right, like, what do you what do you tell him? He's football players are stubborn sometimes, even when they're coaches. Yeah, no doubt about it. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. The number, Titans fans, your chance to chime in on Mike Vrabel and his coaching decisions. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Nick Braden, D Mace, Marquise. We'll come back. We'll get some of your calls. We also got to get to Tannehill and Dean Pease. A lot of Titans to start the show. We're back after this on Morning Drive. 6.34, welcome back in. Monday edition of Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5, The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise. Your call, 737-1025. We'll get to Tannehill. We will get to Dean Pease in just a moment as well. But let's get some of these calls. And we started off with Chris. First up this morning on Morning Drive. What's going on, Chris? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. What's up? Yeah, uh, well, first off, to Mr. D-Mace, great wide receiver, I think Chris Johnson should let you spike the sword instead of him. But hey, that was a great moment right oh. there. I got to get that to you. I didn't see that. You weren't. A, you didn't do the the sword spiking. Uh, no, no, I didn't do it. Chris did it. Uh, it was it was Chris's day. They were honoring his two thousand yard season. So and you, and you're a good you're a good kind fellow. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah, wasn't a big that, deal. That much is true. I definitely got to give you that great kind dude you are. <laughs> so I'm gonna get to the. Uh, let me get to the point. Well, first off. I mean, shout-out to the team. They got the job done. Yes, a win's a win, cliche and all. But coaching was bad on all three points. Is it bad? And I want to put a damper on the victory and everything. It's great. We got the win. Crowd was great. But is it bad to call this a bad win? Because I think coaching was bad on all levels. Offensively, I thought Arthur Smith was very predictable. Again, running into the teeth of the number one ranked defense, trying to be macho, trying to say, oh, we can run the ball on anybody because they're the number one ranked defense. We can still run the ball on them. That was bad. Two, Dean Pease putting LaShawn Sims basically (laughs) out to slaughter. Out to slaughter. Now, granted, Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler had their struggles. 
everybody, everybody, he was spanking them all. Everybody got into the action there in the second half, for sure. Absolutely. And last, <laughs> that Vrabel call, Brayden, I disagree with you on that one. That one was worse than the one against the Colts, and this is why. Number one, instead, he, he tried to make the offense, the defense jump off sides. I'm thinking, I'm sitting there watching the game at the stadium, run the play if you got one. And then you bring out the field goal team. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to take the point, and you get your punter nearly killed. That is just inexcusable by Mike Vrabel, one of the dumbest calls he's ever made. I'm just saying I would have rather the offense ran it on fourth down or you mm-hmm. take the point yes. in that situation. Yeah, no, Chris, you're right. I mean, yeah. there's there's no such thing as a bad win. I, Andy Reid said it for years. Every win in the National yeah. Football League is a good win. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you can't nitpick and call out terrible decisions within that. And, and listen, if you play the way you played this week, next week, you're going to lose. That's it. Like, you're Oh, gonna, especially with the Panthers yeah, giving up 50? You're, you're, oh. yeah, right. Although that they actually looked – who knows who's going to start at quarterback, by the way, for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's rumors that Cam is, is healthier. But um, the, the, the Panthers, their, their defense is far better than Tampa Bay. Yeah, and and Tampa Bay, again, statistically giving up the most yards passing in the NFL. They were giving up the fewest yards rushing in the NFL. I get that technically makes you the best and the worst at those two things. I, I don't. I think there's more. You can go deeper into the stats than that. You guys know me. I like the efficiency numbers a lot better than I like the total yards numbers. But there's no excuse for Ryan Tannehill to have 63 passing yards going into the fourth quarter. Like that's just absurdly bad. Um, the, the decision. I, I'm not. I'm not defending the decision. Again, I wanted to make sure I hear everybody hears me. I don't think it was the right call. The percentages of getting fourth and two when you line up with your offense have to be higher than when you line up and run a fake fake field goal. I, I, I don't have that number in front of me. I, I don't know. Mike Vrabel, I assume, does. If he does not, hire a freaking analytics staff then. If if you don't have one of those already, but lining up and going for it. Here, here's the thing about running the football when they ran it off tackle is when Derrick Henry got his his big off tackle play to the right when he mm-hmm. you know he went around right end and I think there was one in the middle that worked pretty well but other than that they just ran the ball in the middle. I don't have a problem Derrick like Derrick to your point about Arthur Smith staying with the run is important because that's who they are and it's what sets everything else up. And I and I agree even if you're not getting a lot you have to continue to do it. That's what he's done all season long. The problem is is we knew that the two tackles for Tampa Bay were going to beat the interior offensive line for the Titans, and they did at almost every single play. Run it off tackle, get it outside, and when they did that a couple of times, it worked. Um, it, it just it was just a it was just a bad football game, I think, for the Titans. But all that matters is the win. All that matters is the W. You're four and four. You're back in the race. You got a chance to make a run for the playoffs. To your point, Nick, Andy Reid, and it's a cliche, but a win is a win, and that's all that matters. All that matters is that the defense held on fourth down when they needed to. All that matters is that, that, the, that the Titans offense and Ryan Tannehill went down the field and scored a game-winning touchdown when they had to. All, that's all that matters in the NFL. You can play terribly, and then you, you make one big play, and you win the game. That's what matters. But l- l- let's get into quickly Dean Pease because, you know, LaShawn Sims, and I get it, Dory Jackson's out for the game. He's not active. We get all of that. And you have Butler and Ryan, and they got they got abused in the second half as well. But what's the thought process in your fourth corner on your depth chart at the beginning of the year going up against a top seven receiver in the league? Because uh, the thought process is you're going to give him help somehow, somewhere, or you're going to try to disguise the defense to where you know you protect him by disguising what the defense is. It could be man to man, but you're protecting him. Um, 
you know, whether he's off or whether, you know, Bayard or, or Vaccaro, one of those guys are shading over to his side and at the last minute they come down in the box or they just play, you know, middle of the field. So you try to protect a guy like Sims. But, you know, listen, they Sims is the fourth corner for a reason, okay? <laughs> um, and it showed yesterday. But, but let's not – it was – this this was a collection. This was a collective yeah. um deal here. Everybody had their turn <laughs> at the paddle, okay? <laughs> Evans did nothing but stand in front of the room and said Sims, Ryan, Next. Next. Uh, Malcolm Butler, Next. line up and I'm going to give you some shackling. But Byard. So, see, I'm going to give each one of y'all six hits. <laughs> and that's what he did. Byard, everybody. Come yeah. on, everybody get yeah. their turn. Vicaro. Vicaro. Yeah. LaShawn Sims, it's your fault that you're going to get – You're in the front of the line. Yeah, you're in the front of the line, so it's really not your fault, but they put you on me, so you're going to get hit the most, okay? You're going to get the hardest hit because you're going to yeah. get hit early. And it, it didn't matter who yeah. they chose to put on Mike Evans. The guy is 6'4". He's physical. He's a he's a, he's a He's a mismatch for everybody on that defense. He's a power forward. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And if you're going, if you're not going to double team him in the first half, and they chose to double team him in the fourth quarters, in the fourth quarter, that's why he didn't have any catches. But if you're going to single cover him or, or just have a safety high, he's going to abuse you. Yeah. It should have been. He should have had another touchdown on a pass interference at the. I think they got it at the four. Jameis looked right. I saw the play developing. Evans took an inside release and threw his hand up. He flat out ran past whoever was guarding him and three stepped. He threw his hand up. Jameis, I don't know if Jameis was trying to look the safety off because Bayard was in the middle of the field and maybe he couldn't throw it as quick as he wanted to, but it's like he hesitated for a minute. And that minute of hesitation allowed Malcolm Butler to catch up a little bit so he can pass, so he can grab him and get the pass interference. But that was clearly <laughs> a touchdown. I'm like, as soon as he got off the line, he threw his hands up. I'm like, man, it's a touchdown. That's what? That's three steps. Exactly, it's only yeah. three steps. <laughs> Who get beat in three steps? And that's what that's what happened. They just couldn't. He was unguardable last and, night. And this is what James, this is what Jameis Winston is. J- Jameis Winston giveth. Jameis Winston taketh away. Yeah. That, that's what it has been his entire career. He can make the great throw. He's he can make a, every throw. He's in the got book, an man. arm that is just on another planet. He can put the ball exactly where it needs to be. You know, falling backwards. You know, he kept plays alive yesterday. He even ran for a couple of oh, chunks man. of yards. <laughs> Running looks so funny. Yeah, it looks goofy. <laughs> um, but like he, that's what he does. And then he does things like he's just loose with the football. And you know, listen, give credit to Harold Landry for forcing the fumble. I, you know, give credit to the guys that created the mistakes. But you know what? Mistakes have followed Jameis Winston his entire career. So. It, it, there's a track record here. It's not just, oh, somebody else blew an assignment or, oh, the receiver ran mm-hmm. a bad route. All of that could be true. There's a reason Jameis Winston leads the NFL in turnovers. There's a reason. Seven three seven one zero two five. the number. We'll get all your calls when we come back on Vrabel on the defense. Dean Pease, Mike Evans, six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Back after this here on ESPN 1025 again. 27-23, Titans victorious yesterday at Nissan Stadium. They defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get to 4-4 four and four on the season, and we're taking your reaction, your calls. All morning long, 737-1025. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise here on a Titans reaction Monday. Uh, Keith is next on Morning Drive. Keith, you go ahead. Hi, guys. i got a comment and a question. Uh, my comment is, is I'm still looking for Bribel just to, Call one sound 
fundamentally sound football game. And I don't think that's happened. I don't even think it happened against Cleveland, really. But uh, my other question is, with the trade deadline being Tuesday, do y'all see Marcus getting traded and them calling my man up? I'll hang up and listen. Right, the next time, the next time, I'm going to put my foot down, and I don't care who gets pissed off. The next time I get Keith to mention Logan Woodside, he's banished from the show. And if, and if I get any pushback on that, then I'll leave the show. No, no, Logan no. Woodside will not be playing in the NFL. We can't, no, no, we can't here, ban him from the show. And oh, and oh, by the way, Marcus uh-huh. Mariota is not getting traded because no. he's an expiring contract, and no GM in their right mind would yeah. trade for a guy that they can't resign. Well, and the Titans get a compensatory pick if he walks at the end of the year, I believe. So, next, so. Uh, listen, it's not it's not out of the question to look to trade Marcus Mariota. That, that's Logan that's Woodside. that's not that crazy of a of a of a suggestion. If you think you can get a, a, a something important back in return, you look to trade every piece on your roster. But um, I, I I enjoy the Logan Woodside element of Keith's calls. So I, I think that's it, that's three times now. But, but, <laughs> the, the joke is over. But now it's his shtick. So I, I like the uh, the idea of the Logan Woodside uh, you know experiment coming back into into form. Um, Got no time for that. We, we've all made very clear what we think of the Mike Vrabel coaching decisions at the end of games this year. It's happened every single game basically, and we all just go, "All right, when is it going to happen today?" And I, I don't know why it's going to change next game. <sighs> Logan Woodside. I just what, why why just enjoy it. No, it's just ridiculous. He's not being serious. I know he's not, but it's, it's enough. <laughs> give, give give me some new material, Adam. <laughs> you're next on Morning Drive. Go ahead. Yeah, man. So it's crazy that such a bad decision can make a win feel like a loss, but it it kind of does. Like it's everybody's kind of. I mean, even at the stadium, and I haven't seen it back on television, so I don't know what it looked like, but. It looked like Brett Kern got killed. Like, I, I don't understand why you put that guy in that situation. He's the best player on your football team, pound for pound. He is the best player. I'll argue that against anybody. And you put him out there to get killed. Now, I thought he was hurt. He was down on his knees for, like, a minute. And, uh, yeah, stupidest call I've ever seen. I argue that that was the worst call he's made since he's been here. And, uh, yeah, and he just – I know he hates the media. He sounds like such a bonehead answering this crap when people ask him about. It. I mean, he's just such a I don't know. It's not genuine. It, it feels it feels made. It looks like he does it in the mirror, and he's like, ah, yeah, that looks cool. I'm gonna do that when they ask me the question. You know, like just what a jack wagon, man. It, a jack wagon. I like <laughs> that. Oh wow. What, what's First funny time is, I heard that one. What's funny? He, I don't think it comes across as disingenuous. Like like I, I listen to like James Franklin, and I think disingenuous. I, he, I think he just maybe he comes across as like a, a meathead jock a little bit, but I don't think he comes a little arrogant. Across, yeah, maybe a little arrogant for sure, and 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 maybe stubborn and unwilling to acknowledge a mistake. But I don't I don't think he comes across as disingenuous. I think he's pretty genuine about what he says because I don't think he thinks much deeper than what he's saying when he says, "Listen, there are 170 plays in a football game, and our guys made a couple, and their guys made a couple, and sometimes we like the looks we get." And I think that's honestly what he what he did in that moment. Was he? He liked the look he got, and he made the play. He called it. It was wrong. He probably shouldn't have called it. Let's hear from Vrabel. We gave you a little piece of Vrabel earlier today regarding that decision. Here's the follow-up where Mike Vrabel says he never hears questions about when they convert on fourth down, and then he and uh, John Glennon from the Athletic had a little back and forth. I mean, you guys ask the questions. Everything's debatable. You know, I'm, I'm trying to coach the game uh, to win, um, and. When we don't make it, it becomes debatable. And when we do, I never hear questions about it. That's true. Uh, well, no, fairly true. Like, but on that, that's okay. 
See, he can't, see he there, can't, there's yeah. there's the arrogance I'm talking yeah, about. He can't, Fairly he true. Can't, he can't do that. Um, you know, you you can't because what he's doing, he's he's attacking those people that are asking him questions. Um, you know, maybe they do ask about it, but they, they, they frame do. it in a different way. Well, why did you go for that coach when what did you, you see? Yeah, what did you yeah. see? So yeah. they ask the question, but they frame it in, in a different way because yes, you did capitalize on it. What, so when you don't, then they frame it another way. Like what's well, why, fact, why would you? What's ironic is I think they actually framed it the exact same way. <laughs> like <laughs> the, the question is, what did you see that forced that that told you to go for it in this situation or? Call the fake because they did call a fake punt last week. Yeah, they called a fake punt last and, week. And Brett Kern threw eleven yard first down for a, for a completion. And what you ask him in that situation, and I and I will defend all the. I'm not going to try to go to the mat here for the media, but because I, I, I think we're pretty soft media market in general. Our, our you know our, our show not included, of course. Um, but I, I think people ask about when you when you when you when they went for the fake punt, they're like, well, what did you see? It's just not. It just works out, so you're more confident and happier about answering the question. Um, I really didn't think that was much of an attack by either side, though. I, I think Glennon spoke up and he said, "Yeah, we do, Coach." And 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 I I don't think he was attacking Vrabel on that. I think he was just defending himself, uh, even though I don't think he was the one who asked the original question. Um, I didn't really. I think that there were, there was a lot blown up about that on Twitter yesterday. I mm-hmm. don't think that was as big of an an interaction as people as it really was. I think it was just a a coach being sensitive about a decision that he makes behind closed doors with his guys and. The media asking about it, required to ask about it. The fans want an explanation, and you didn't really have a good explanation, and you made it about something else. And, you know, I think we move on. I, I think the key is, again, my biggest issue with all of this is now w- what does it mean moving forward? Uh, fans have no faith that this pos- this situation is going to present itself again, and the fans have no faith in your ability to make the decision right now. You may make great decisions every game the rest of the season, but right now fans don't have faith in your ability to make that decision. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Let's get to uh, Mike, who's next on Morning Drive. Mike, you go ahead. Mike, yeah, All right, Mike's gone. I, I have one final thought on Adams' call, where he said the worst thing about the game was that call. I, I disagree with that because he said it makes it feel like a, a win was a loss. What makes it feel like the win was a loss was how your entire team played. Mm-hmm. Like your entire team didn't play good football. The offense wasn't good until one drive in the fourth quarter. The defense played its worst game of the year, except for, you know, maybe for the last four possessions or so. Like, again, all when it counts and all the things that get you a W. But the reason you should feel dirty about that win yesterday is that your team didn't play that well against a garbage opponent. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> if that was a really good football team, you would have gotten smoked. Yeah, if James the Bucks Winston, are a bad team. If Jameis Winston doesn't turn the football over four times, whoever's fault it is, you're not going to win the game. Your defense bent but didn't break early, gave up a lot of drives, a lot of points. They held firm in the fourth quarter. Tannehill delivered on one drive in the fourth quarter, and you won a game against a bad team. You didn't play good football, though. Let's just call it what it is. It wasn't a good football game. Uh, Peyton is next on morning drive. Peyton, you go ahead. Hey, how you guys doing? What's up, Peyton? What's up? Uh, I just got a quick question for you guys. Uh, I think... Ryan Tannehill didn't play great yesterday. I mean, let's face it, if the if James Winston doesn't turn the football over yesterday, the Bucks come in Nashville and they smoke us. So my question is, y'all, we, we and everybody have been speculating that uh, when Marcus got benched, that wasn't last time we were going to see him. So how short is the plug for Mike Vrabel to pull on Tannehill? 
and put uh, Marcus back in the game. Marcus, he's, like, not, not he's not playing. He's not, not playing no more. Soon. He's not playing no more this season. I, I, I would almost guarantee you that. Unless uh, unless Ryan goes down. He did, he did injury, get popped in the face yesterday. He's, Marcus is not playing no more this season. They this team looks different with Tannehill at quarterback. He gives them the best, and I've always and I've said this. He gives. The, I'm not saying that Mark. He's better than Marcus, but he gives them a better opportunity to win with this team today, this year. Mm-hmm. He gives them the best opportunity to yeah. win. Marcus is not seeing the field any, no time soon. It, well, at least not for this team. He'll see it for someone else. But short of Tannehill getting hurt, because their defense is going to keep them in games. And I think Tannehill's going to do just enough to keep the job. Marcus is not seeing the field again this year unless Tannehill gets hurt. And, you know, it's unfortunate for Marcus because he was the second pick in the draft and they thought he was going to be the franchise guy. But that's just, I mean, it's the breaks, you know. But he's going to, but Marcus, he's going to go somewhere else and he's going to play. This is not his last, you know, yeah. hurrah. Yeah. He's going to play somewhere else. Now, whether he be a starter or not, I don't know. But someone else is going to give him some money to, to be a quarterback I, on their team. I think if you played three bad games in a row, I mean, maybe you could consider that. that. But other than that, like you're, like you're saying, um, there's no real reason. Again, through most of the game yesterday, the offense was atrocious. Like, it, it was inept yesterday. I think, again, against a team that's giving up 300 passing yards a game, you had like 70 going into the fourth quarter. So... Um, you deliver. All that matters is you got to win. You delivered in the moments that you needed to deliver. Tannehill, Tannehill, <laughs> I can't even say it right now. Tannehill was good on the one drive. The offense was good. The play calling was good. The receivers made plays. The offensive line held up. Everything worked for one drive, and that's all you needed. You needed one drive, and you got the one drive where they went down the field and they scored a touchdown to win the game, and that was it. You know, A.J. Brown made a play. Jonu Smith. By the way, Jonu Smith was the best player on the team yesterday. That, that, that guy. Stud. He, he was mm. the one guy on offense that showed up and played every possession. But otherwise, the offensive line wasn't that good. You know, Tannehill was, was good when he needed to be. The defense was good when it needed to be. A, a win is a win. That's all that matters. You're 4-4 four and four and you got a W. Move on. But you, better, but, but you better learn from what you did yesterday because if you don't, you're going to get beat. 615-737-1025 is the number. A big second hour of the show coming up. We'll get to the Vols. We're going to get to the Preds. Corey Curtis from News 2 will join us when we come back as we continue the Titans conversation, and then we'll do a little bit of a, quote, deeper dive on Ryan Tannehill. Back after this here on Morning Drive.